Well, people ask me all the time, hey, David, this is my situation. Then they tell me some stuff, and then they say, can I buy a home? Well, anyone who gives answers when they just have that little bit of information, all they're giving is a theoretical answer. Today's interview is a practical, real-life story. This is not theory. Jacob asked, I rent for $1,500 a month. I have about $1,000 a month in my non-rent bills, also known as your monthly debt. That is what creates your DTI. And he said he's only got $2,100 saved, got a credit score of 675. He doesn't have a 401k or retirement fund or friends or family to give him any money to help with the down payment or the closing costs. And then he says, can I buy a home? Well, gang, forget the theory. Here's what actually happened. Yes, he did. With only $2,200 total out of pocket to stop renting and to become a homeowner in just four months' time. Let's hear this story. All right, everybody, let's hear from my boy, Jacob. Jacob is in the Dallas, Texas area. I've got him on the line right now, and he doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to read this to him first. And this is how we're going to get the information from him. Back in, uh, oh, December of 2022, you sent me this note. You said, I don't think I have access to all the tools I need to be successful with a first-time home buying purchase. Would you be willing to help us obtain the right information to be successful? So give us the scoop. Did we do that for you? A hundred percent. I mean, it was was not only quick, it was easy. And all the tools were in front of me in what felt like 24 hours. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Wow. Oh, holy crap. Hey, everybody. I didn't pay him to say that. Uh, We talked for about eight seconds before I started recording. So (laughs) that's awesome. Well, um, Jacob came to us in December of 2022 and uh, he closed on a home. Um, Get ready to celebrate, everybody. He closed on 420. You heard that right. Um, And uh, of 2023. So it took him four months. Now, when Jacob came to us, uh, he was currently renting at 1500 bucks a month. Had about a thousand bucks a month in debt that you were paying at that time or payments or or like monthly bills, I should say. Something of the sort. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, is this right? When when in December and you closed in April, in December, you you at that point had twenty one hundred dollars saved. Yes, actually, in August, I I had a talk with my wife and I said, what are we doing? We we were living paycheck to paycheck for no reason. We weren't saving any money at all. We literally like okay. couldn't go somewhere our friends invited us to because we could not afford it. Uh-huh. And I, so from August to, well, I guess probably September to December, se- sorry, September to December, we were able to save $2,100. And then that's when I stumbled across, I guess it was, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but you had an ad on there. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what led us to, to that conversation in December. Well, what's exciting about this is that, you know, when you came, uh, you know, you, when you first came to us and you, and you give it as an information, you had started the savings plan, which was great. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that by starting the savings plan and then checking in with the pros, because you're like, ah, I've only saved 2100 I still have a long way to go. Not really. You closed four months later. I mean, that's incredible. Um and you didn't, I, I was checking through the notes again. You didn't have a retirement fund to pull from. And is it correct? You didn't get a gift or, or you know, friends or family or anything. You just saved until you got to a certain point and then you made the purchase? Yes, I um, did not have a retirement fund to pull from. Um, I have it not set up a 401k myself. It's kind of next on the plan. But my wife's a teacher, but you can't exactly pull from those funds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and no, I don't. Um, my parents actually barely beat me on buying a house. They bought a house uh, a year and a half ago. Wow. So, yeah. 
Very cool. Okay, so then, all right. So in December, you're thinking about doing this. You're you're paying fifteen fifty a month. So fast mm-hmm. forward, fast forward now to closing. Uh, your your home that you purchased was in the Dallas area for two hundred sixty thousand dollars. What's your current payment right now? So we actually paid two sixty five because it appraised for two sixty five, and we turned the extra five thousand into credits towards the down payment. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! Okay, so so um, all together with PITI escrow PMI the whole yep everything um, it's twenty three sixty five. Okay, and that's with the the interest rates of today. <laughs> Of today, which will be changing, yeah. and you know you can. So you, because we talked to some people who used because the interest rates are so nuts, they use the credits for a buy down, but that's kind of mm-hmm. over and above your closing costs. So, mm-hmm. um, what you guys are doing is a path I'm recommending to a lot of people too. So, uh, did you buy with the anticipation that someday you were going to be able to write refinance out of this rate? Yes, I mean I. I I've studied enough of like the housing market, the kind of the economy and things like that, and that, that nature. And, you know, I, I had concerns that prices were going to price me out of the market, regardless of interest rates. So it was something that I was trying to snap onto quickly. And at the end of the day, the only problem with the interest rate was, can my wife and I curb our spending to accommodate the house that we want so much, which I mean, of course, it was an easy decision. Okay, keep elaborate on that. Dig deep on that again. Uh, what the? Because that's a very interesting point. I in no way am the podcast that says, "Listen to me now, buy a house today," because that sounds like I'm trying to sell you something, and that's mm-hmm. absolutely not what I'm trying to do. But I wish I could say what you said louder. You. <laughs> You anticipated being priced out of the market, so you settled, compromised, swallowed, uh, took it on the chin, whatever you want to say, the interest rate. And Yes. Okay. Was that a decision that you guys discussed on your own and then discussed with the team? How did you come to that decision? So basically, my wife and I looked and it, you know, we had been basically saving around $1,000 a month without major changes to our spending budget because we don't have children. So that's a big, you know, plus as far as saving money goes. Um, and we wanted, we do want children, but we also don't want children in a, the 800 square foot apartment that we were living in. So we wanted to move and upgrade to somewhere where we could grow into it and just kind of paying attention to the market and especially Dallas. And I did some research too, like, even in the 2008 house market crash, Dallas didn't really suffer that much um, compared to the other big, big cities. So it, you know, it came down to if we wait till interest rates go down, people with big cash money, even if we get to thirty, forty thousand dollars in savings, are going to be paying a hundred, two hundred thousand, you know, cash price for these houses and stuff. So because our interest rate is six point eight five, it's definitely you know sounds like we bought the house in the 90s <laughs> um, but um it was just a matter of you know can we suffer through this and it's not really suffering but it's like can we handle this until until the economy stabilizes and eventually that will come with you know lower interest rates and even if we could get down to like four and a half percent i mean it's it's game changer like it's it, that's enough to have no concerns about the price of the house anymore well it- it's so interesting that you say that because the way I look at it is, uh, um, I'm sure a way that you've looked at it as well, but the way that I will explain to the masses, you were paying fifteen fifty a month. Mm-hmm. You jumped um, less than a thousand dollars more to twenty three sixty five, but that was all in piti, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and instead of putting a thousand dollars into a savings account to save up to buy a house someday. You got the house, anticipating that the prices were going to go up eventually, and mm-hmm. you're putting the thousand dollars into the home, which mm-hmm. is just a it's just a different savings account. Except now, when the prices go up, you're not going to be locked into that price for thirty years. You're locked into the price that you are today. So yeah, and then and then after that jump, we also decided to cut back on spending 
Um, we had personal allowances that we were saving a thousand dollars a month. We cut that by 40%. Wow. So now we're able to say, we're still able to save, you know, four or five, six hundred dollars a month compared to what it was before, but curbing spending. And we also preparing student loans are coming back up. So we've already kind of, we yep. kept that in mind. Um, my car's almost paid off. So it's like, there's a lot of things we got to get rid of our storage. That's a hundred bucks a month, you know? So we did some things in the kind of long run that would have benefited us later down the line. We could have saved more money, but instead it goes into the house and, you know, when interest rates go down, you know, and our income is going to go up. I'm 28. My wife is 26. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an increase in income over the next decade to 20 years of my life. So if this is what I got to pay now and it's, it's doable, I mean, the future's looking bright. Okay. Two things I got out of that, that I have to ask you about. This is why I don't have a list of questions when I do these interviews. I just listen to you, man. So there were two things I want to talk about. One is the emotion, but the other one is just like the 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 equation. Everybody out there needs to go back, hit rewind on your podcast right now and listen to that again. To truly understand how much home you can afford, you cannot just go to a mortgage calculator and have it tell you. Because look at all the variables that Jacob and his wife thought about. My car is going to be paid off, plus side money. My storage unit, is not going to be needed anymore because we have a, we're not in 800 square feet anymore. Plus side, ooh, student loans are coming back. Minus side, what if we change our budget and we save an extra 500 a month? Plus side, I mean the, the the amount of things that you have to figure out to figure out what you can actually afford is incredible. So t- talk to me about the emotions of cutting back. Did you, are you utilizing the house to emotionally fill your cup? If you're saving four or 500 bucks a month, you must be cutting stuff out. So are you using the new house and the new space to fulfill your happiness? hundred percent. I mean, it's like we had this 800 square foot apartment and we were getting to the point where our apartment was asking to go in our, we have, we have two dogs and a cat and they were asking and a bearded dragon, but, um, wow they were asking to go in the apartment. It would seem once or twice a month, um, almost weekly really, um, for just random things. You know, I don't know if it was just at that point, you know, where we had the apartment, they just needed to do all these things, but they got to the point where we were getting tired of having to put our dogs in a box. You know, we're not, our dogs have to sleep, lay on the couch. We don't kennel them. It's not yeah. who we are. So, you know, yeah, it's like you come, we come home to this house and it's like, we really like it and enjoy it. And, it's not that hard to, instead of going out, you know, we take a walk around the neighborhood or, you know, it, it is, it is a lot about just, just enjoying the, the new property. And, you know, I'm, I'm even enjoying mowing the lawn, like just looking at it, you know, I, I pass by my house and it's just, it's just nice to look at, you know, it's, it's mine, you know, it's my wife's like, it's ours, you know, and it, there comes a lot, come a lot with that, you know, we can do what we want with it. We can, I can put a brick through a window if I feel like it. I can, <laughs> I can, <laughs> you know, it's like, hang on, we got to talk about some different styles of anger <laughs> management for you. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just, it's mine. You know, I can do what I want with it. I don't have an HOA. I can, I can do, you know, there's not really a limit outside of zoning laws that, you know, what I can do with the house. So, you know, it's really enjoyable to walk in and just enjoy the house that we're in instead of trying to think of go, you know, go in other places and, you know, where we're trying, we know what we're trying to do and what our goals are and stuff. And we want kids and we needed that space for it. And it's easy to kind of focus on those things and not so much worry about going out or doing all these things. And not that we, we don't, it's just, it's more of a, more of a thought process. You know, it's like, do we do that now or do we do it later? You know, like I, I went to a concert last Friday my wife and I are going to a comedy show in a couple of months. And it's not that we can't afford to do things. It's just, you got to think about it a little more. You got to, you got to plan it a little better. You can't just buy whatever you want. You know, you got to think about it before you make the purchase. I love it. And it, it's so, there are so many times where it's so difficult for me to just come on the show and talk and explain all the stuff that I have heard from other people. I love getting it direct from the source because there are a ton of DIY people who the apart all the stuff that you talked about throwing the brick through the window <laughs> um, that 
the idea of, but I love that. I love that, uh, that analogy because it's, or because it's, it's so jarring. It's like, dude, I can do whatever I want. And mm-hmm. there are some people that feel so trapped in their apartment and, and trapped creatively in what they yes. can do or can't do. Now, but what's interesting is go to the other side of that. And like, I hate fixing up my house. I hire people to do that crap. I, cause, cause I suck at it. Um, mm-hmm. but the emotional, you can still feel trapped and it just doesn't have to be, I can't wait to fix up this room. You can come home and go, this is mine. And yep. it changes your whole mindset. So we actually, we actually don't like the bathroom in our bedroom. Nice. It's it's something that's on our to do list, but we come home and go. That's that's our bathroom, you know. Like it's 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 ours. So it, it makes it, you know, all the things that we didn't like about the house are just that much more enjoyable, knowing that it's ours when we're ready and can afford it. We can change it, and it's not that big of a deal. And that's the thing. Like you were talking about the sacrifices. Like you as you as your own person have to decide. You have the option to change it. Totally yep. up to you. And you're like, I'm going to that comedy show and I'm going to deal with that crappy sink for another month because I'm going to go spend a hundred bucks on a comedy show. Uh, but then, you know what I mean? That's, it's all about your own personal life balance. So mm-hmm. that's incredible. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to the details here because I think it's really important. December of 2022, interest, interest rates were at 7%. You had 2,100 bucks in the bank, just started saving. And you were looking at buying a home. And a few months later, you bought a $265,000 home. So what kind of down payment did you use? So we used T-Shack for down payment assistance. Oh, cool. Um, we, we actually only paid $2,200 to close. Whoa. Okay. I'm assuming T-Shack is possibly a Texas thing. Yes, it is. It is. Okay. It's. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. It's Texas State Affordable. It was something to do with. Um, was it a teacher uh, thing? We, I I don't know. I didn't okay. know. Probably not. It's either that or, or. Yeah, I don't really know for sure. I mean, because like I didn't think my wife and I made enough or made, like, I didn't think we qualified for down payment assistance because between the two of us, we make over a hundred thousand together. So yeah, I didn't really it, think that I qualified that weird, for it. <laughs> isn't that a weird one? You're like, dude, no, we're fine. I can't qualify. Uh, actually, you can. <laughs> you just need to get yeah. rid of the, get rid of the, there's no shame in it. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the programs right now um, have pretty high maximum um, salaries. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And we did, uh, we had two per, yeah, 2% in seller credits. And then we got the the five thousand extra upon appraisal, which was just kind of something we lucked into. We were prepared to pay more for the down payment, but then it appraised, and we figured let's turn it into credits and keep as much cash in you know as we can to because you got to buy all you know. There's a lot. I spent a lot more money on stuff than I thought I would. You know, lawnmower, a weed eater, a new table. Like we didn't have a dining table. You know, an apartment that small, you don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and then we we've spent a bunch of money on things to upkeep the house and enjoy the house further that we would have not been able to buy. You know, had we had to make more of a down payment, or even if we bought the interest rate down, it wouldn't have. You know, it wouldn't have made enough of a difference versus just waiting. You know, what I hope is a year or two, even if it's five years, you know, it's fine. But for interest rates to start crawling back down. So, I mean, it all kind of balanced out in the long run. But yeah, no, we we got lucky in some cases with the appraisal, and then the. The person that sold us the house, they were kind of in a rush, um, so to speak. And there was a catch, too, actually. Let me throw that on there. Is there solar panels on the house that they had just installed, and we had to assume the loan for them, too. Uh, which then, actually, I, I can get into the nitty-gritty on this, but that actually affects your approval. You have to be approved a little bit more because that assumable loan then becomes uh, it goes on your line item for your debts monthly. Yep. So, so we had to get qualified for our debt to income ratio with all of our, which, which helps that I have, you know, I, I'm not, instead of buying a new car and paying my car off, you know, so my, to keep, you know, keeping my debts down and stuff, but the solar panels aren't that expensive. I'm still kind of learning the, like, I think my electricity bill this month is like 30 bucks, man, I have to pay for the solar panels too, but it all comes yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. to 60 or so. 
which is fine. So now you just run the heck out of your AC when it turns into that Texas summer and it all breaks, it all breaks even. So, okay. You brought up an interesting thing about the car. I have had a lot of clients in the past that have worked with my lending teams that have been sitting there with an approval and it was maybe 50,000 too, too low for the exact market at that time for what they were mm-hmm. looking. They could afford the payment if they got approved for 50 or 100,000 more, but they had a $500 car payment. Mm-hmm. So I've had people, but the, the total left on the car was like $4,000. So mm-hmm. I've had people pay off the whole car $4,000, which it like, it doesn't make logical sense. Wait, I'm trying to save every penny I can for the down payment. Well, if you get close and the approval, you're off by 50 grand, 75 grand. If you pay off the car, suddenly that's $500 off your monthly total. And now your approval goes up. So did you do that or have to do that? Or are you just, or were you approved for enough that you could work in this 260, 270 space and still be all right. So um, we did not have to pay the cars down. We had already been approved for for the range that we were comfortable with, um, which which is a little on the low side for the area that we live in. Like we definitely had to get pretty lucky there. There's a lot of houses we looked at with some pretty rough neighborhoods. Um, the ha- neighborhood that we live in is great. I feel incredibly lucky that we ended up where we is. Cole is a superstar, the realtor that we have. Yep. Cole is Cole is incredible. Um, I would recommend him for anybody ever. Um, just a shout out to him. Um, but yeah, and no, I mean it's it's uh the thing with us is I'm so just some background is my parents are not good with money. I don't have you know, I, I basically come from poverty all my life. Um my wife's parents don't have a ton of money either. You know, it's not like any we come from family money whatsoever. Um with that being said, is I had to learn how to understand credit at a young age. Um, so the cars that we got are on 2.5% interest rates. Wow. So I've been paying around 400 a month for two cars. Oh my goodness. Well, and it's just, this is, there's so many pieces of this that I just want to make sure that everybody's is hearing and understanding, uh, you know, be coming from, uh, financial literacy, that was not on a high level, uh, coming from a poor place and then, um, being able to understand and get that approval. I think people don't understand if you, if you have the right team with you and trust me, you are not the first Cole is going to get a big old head now. Cause I think you're the second or third interview that people have been talking about him. He is, he is a rock star unicorn among the unicorns. Um, he's a, he's a funny guy too. He's a good, he's got a big personality. Yeah. Yeah. I really dig him. So okay, yeah, we, talk, we, we still talk sometimes. So. Yes. Oh, he'll keep in touch with you. Don't worry, man. Oh yeah. Um, so what he brought us the, a gift the other day for the dogs. <laughs> yes. A dog gift. What was, yep. what were some of the things that you're, that Cole, the super unicorn did, um, to, to help you with that navigating, like you said, you know, a, a lower price point. Um, and, and as far as neighborhood knowledge and, and all the stuff. So some of it was, he kind of let us, we had to have the relationship of like learning what we were looking for, but he also is not pushy on that. He's very much, you know, if, if you like this, he's going to tell you what he feels about it, but he's also not going to tell you that, you know, unless he thinks it's genuinely probably not a great place. But even then, you know, if, if you really want it, he's not going to stop you. Yeah. But, you know, he's going to he's going to let you know and advise like, you know, maybe we could look elsewhere. <laughs> so he did give suggestions on different neighborhoods. We had talked townhomes for lower prices. Um, we had talked different areas. Um, we looked at um, a mobile home. Not a, uh, Yeah, mobile. How do you say it? Manufactured. Manufactured. Home. Yeah, yeah. We had looked at a manufactured home even. Um, he let us, he let us take him down some very interesting neighborhoods. Um, but ultimately it was, it was him kind of letting us work with what we wanted to and kind of between the two of us developing, you know, what we actually wanted. And then with sharp real estate, um, I think it's called one home. 
where you can uh, basically like set a mile rate, you know, and, and him and I worked really together to kind of settle on the general range of price, size. He recommended sizes and, and kind of, you know, this is what these kind of prices are in, in this size range in these neighborhoods. Um, maybe we should look here, you know, because this is going to, you know, more bang for your buck. Um, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's very interesting to me is that a lot of people think that they're going to come in and that, okay, I know this is what I want. And now you go find me something good. Mm -hmm. Something good is so subjective. It mm -hmm. is absolutely, our job is to listen and our job is to show you everything. And I, you know, I, I actually, we'll have a conversation with my buyers and I know Cole does that too. And he and I have talked about it a lot that, you know, when you sit down with someone, you go, Hey, what you think is safe. I might think is super scary. And what you think is super scary. I might think no big deal. I'll take my walk dog for a walk at midnight. You know, mm -hmm. you have to find out what in the, it's the team. And Cole and I talk a lot about the fact that, you know, when you're working with people that, it, there's some work to be done on their end as well. It can be a giant waste of time for us to take you out and try to show you 20 homes on a Saturday when you could drive some neighborhoods on your own and then, you know, send an email and go, for the record, I never want to live on anything on Maple Street. That place mm -hmm. is a dump. You know what I mean? So, and by understanding the finances part, that kind of helped you target it on the areas that worked for you. Yeah. And Cole too, like, uh, I mean, any time that we wanted to, if he had a spare moment, he would take us to a house. It didn't really matter what day of the week it was. He'd answer calls on vacation. I mean, when we wanted this house, I, um, if I remember correctly, I think he was in a different state and we really wanted, we, we walked in and there was a few things we didn't like, but we fell in love with the neighborhood and kind of the, we thought this was absolutely the best house in the best neighborhood for the best price for us. Yep. You know, and we called him and said, you know, we want to put an offer in. Like, this is, this feels like, you know, and honestly, when we left this house, I, um, not to dive too deep into religion, but I did, I called my dad and I kind of prayed on it. And I was like, hey, dad, you know, like, you know, I really like this house. And for some reason, it just feels, it feels like it, this is it. Like, this is the house we're going to buy. Um, and I, you know, I thought about it a little longer and it just kind of, we looked at other houses and it was just, this is it. This is, this is, this has to be it. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but we're getting this house. Like it's going to work out. And, and it, it did. <laughs> I am a, I'm a huge proponent uh, of anybody and everybody listening to their inner voice. And if your mm -hmm. inner voice is, is uh, Yahweh, Buddha, Allah, Confucius, or, uh, you know, your Christian God, or it's your conscious, um, being able to take the time in something like this and, and meditate on it and figure out, you know, where, if, if this is where, you know, your God is putting you or where the universe is putting you, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's such an important piece to understand that. And, you know, it's, it's really funny because I'm thinking about the timeline right now. I think we were in Nashville together when you, like you said, me and Cole at a real estate yeah. conference. I think that's where he was when you, when you decided to put an offer on this and we were hanging out and we were talking about how to serve these people because it's very difficult for me to explain to the, the average first time home buyer there's like an 87% chance that you're going to get somebody that's going to quit in five years. There's an mm -hmm. 87, 87% of realtors quit in five years. There's an 87% chance that you're going to get somebody that might have all the time in the world for you, like Cole did, but they're not going to be great at their job. And, mm -hmm. you know, being able to have that combination of, and that's what's been great through the relationship with the podcast. I've been able to, to have these unicorns where I say, you need to treat this person like it's a $2 million client and it, you're not going to make the most money off of it, but I'm going to try to give you like 15, 20, 30 of these this year because the, we're starting a revolution and everybody deserves that kind of treatment. And, you know, here you are with your dogs. Here you are 
deciding that you enjoy mowing the lawn. Probably my favorite quote from the whole thing. I love that. (laughs) I'm actually going to mow my front yard after this. Yes. (laughs) It was funny because you mentioned the fact that you were glad you had the extra money when you were um, buying the home uh, Mm -hmm. and that you didn't have to end up paying that extra stuff because you had to buy the dining room table. Uh, and then you mentioned the, the lawnmower and the weed whacker. When you were buying them, did you realize that they were going to be such enjoyable tools for you? No. The, one of the I joys thought I, of, I of thought home I would ownership. Hate it. You, yeah. yeah, I would hate it. But then I, then I come home and I see my yard not mowed and oh, I hate that more. <laughs> well, there's, there's a pride in it. There's a tranquility in it. But... Um, you know, the term ownership means means several different things. There's a tangible aspect to it, and there's an intangible. You have ownership of a large part of your life now, and mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. So this was incredible. This was amazing. Uh, again, going and flip, let me flip back my pages here because we had down payment assistance. We had we had twenty two hundred bucks to close. On a two hundred sixty thousand dollar house at two thirty at uh, two thousand three hundred sixty five bucks a month, and I believe, just so you know, Jacob, I believe that you're going to get that uh, that refinance sooner than you think. I don't think it's going to take five years. And I that'd be great. Yeah the the experts that I'm reading are talking about things going down. We're in June of 2023 right now. The experts are talking about things going down next year. And I just saw something this morning where someone said, y'all be ready because when interest rates go down, the inventory is so low and the demand is so high that we're going to see tons of buyers and the prices are going to go up. There's going to be a mm-hmm. run on the market again next year. And, and I'll get to reap those benefits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. You get to mow that lawn and look at the house and go, I bet that's worth $10,000 more today. So <laughs> that'll be very exciting for you. And uh, um, the, it was very noble. And you and your wife did such excellent work being disciplined. And now, uh, you know, by fighting through what was a competitive time, by eating that high interest rate, you're going to reap the benefits. So. Congratulations, buddy. Do you have any, uh, I, I mean, if, if you've given plenty of advice, but anything else that you want to tell the people out there? I mean, just things are not always impossible as they seem. Sometimes they just take a little bit of effort. I love it. I love it. I think that applies to a lot of things in life. Thanks, Jacob. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Wow. 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 That's all I could say, but that's a lie. You guys know I could say a lot more. Okay, there were some really helpful tips and tactics, some real deep, uh, actual, factual, tactical things that uh, Jacob and his wife discovered that I know are going to be extremely helpful and extremely useful for so many of you out there on your path to your own home ownership journey. So let me real quickly go over, there was one mindset It was a boss-ass mindset nugget that Jacob dropped. And I want to go over that first, and then I'll get into the tactics with you. Uh, Keep in mind, he dropped this incredible wisdom nugget with no shame, with all heart, and with massive inspiration to so many of you out there. He said that he came from poverty. He said that he didn't have a good financial education or upbringing or lessons and things that were taught to him as he grew up told us that, you know, he just really wasn't being able to learn from his parents' experiences. And and apparently that's because they just bought their home a few weeks before he did. So understand this. There's a reason that I say you can do this. Yes, you can do this. I've been saying this for years and every single part of that sentence, I believe you, yes, most of you, can. You can do this. And it's not because I want you to sign up for some course so I can take your money. The system of becoming a homeowner, like so many other economic systems now in our Western world, it just turns out it's totally rigged against you. And it's especially rigged against the little guy. And it's definitely rigged against what I like to call the average Joe or Jolene you lower middle class, middle middle class, higher middle class people. And too many people that are not taught 
the financial sensibilities that you need to be taught when you're growing up. Or maybe they're not brought up with money, so they've never even seen an example of how to handle this. Too many of those people get overwhelmed with how to achieve a simple sense of security. Now, it's tough enough to see yourself as some kind of big financial investing baller. You know, those people who talk about, here's all the great things you do with your extra money. It's tough to figure that out when you don't feel like you have any extra money. And the thing they always tell you is, oh, take your extra money and make your money work for you. Sweet, dude. What money? I hear you. So this is the hack that my little passion project, this is what this whole idea of this podcast was formed from. Use your largest financial monthly output, your rent, to work for you. The same way the big ballers say, make your money work for you. Cool. I'm saying you're already spending this, so let's find a new way to make that money work for you instead of just going to your landlord. All it takes is a little bit of discipline to save up enough to get the down payment and your closing costs, and then you simply replace your biggest monthly payment, your rent payment, with a mortgage. And now you're playing financial games with the big boys. You're actually feeding an asset that will secure you and help secure your family's future. But I know a lot of people think, can you do that if you grew up poor? Yes, you can break the cycle. Jacob did. Now, can you do that if no one taught you how? Well, I am here today, not with the theories and the webinars and asking you to pay money so I can teach you and show you some tips. I'm here with straight up education, homies. Jacob and his wife did it, and you can too. Now, that's the, the uh, emotional theory. So let's get into the few important facts from their story that I think you guys can take away. Their story sounds impossible. Remember, Jacob and his wife only had $2,100 saved. They had a 675 credit score with no chance of getting any extra money for their down payment. But somehow, within three months, they were putting a qualified offer on a $265,000 home. And in only four months, they had the keys to that home. Holy crap, how do they do that? Well, you try to do the impossible, and it takes a little bit of magic. And that's where the unicorn team comes in and the impossible becomes reality. The unicorn realtor and lender found them, whatever the hell he said, the T-Shack Texas Homebuyer Assistance Program is. And that helped a lot. Now, by the way, gang, I did Google it. It's spelled T-S-A-C-H. It's the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation. It's there. It's real. And it's something that the unicorn lender was able to tell him about. And for just $2,200 total, all in, all paid, the unicorns helped get them into a home. Now, what's the catch, right? Everyone's going, oh, there's got to be a catch. Okay, well, their rent was actually technically exactly $1,550 a month before that. So that was their money out the door every single month. Their new payment, $2,365. That includes PITI, the principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. So, yes, they're paying $815 more. So, yeah, if you want to look for a catch, there's the catch. But now they own the home and they're building a financial future. The way rents are going up, I mean, I think about $815 more a month. They're probably going to be paying $850 more if they'd stayed renting in, what, two, three, four years? And instead... They got to buy the home for only two hundred or for only two thousand two hundred dollars, all with the unicorn magic. Which I know I'm goofy and I call them unicorns, and frankly, they probably hate me for it. But they are unicorns. They're difficult to find. I, I started saying unicorns because I kept hearing it on Sports Center when they talked about athletic freaks. These are intellectual freaks, people who have been through it. They understand the experience, and they can show you. Hey, maybe there's an opportunity here in Texas for a first-time homebuyer grant. Maybe there's an opportunity to get creative with what you're doing, and then you can get all in and get a home for only $2,200. I know some of the important variables that happened, because all of this doesn't just come up because you punch a few things in. Here's some of the important variables that they were looking at to make a deal like this happen. Number one, 
they had to weigh their loan approval numbers with different monthly debts, not exactly what they had the day that they signed up because they were going to have to be adding in the student loan payment, which was coming back. But then this was something that's really interesting that you guys can think about. You can be subtracting the storage unit fee because they're no longer going to need it because they're not in an apartment needing a storage unit. Now they got a house. They're going to be adding in the car payment for a few months, but if they end up figuring out a way to pay it down, they could subtract that when their car payment is paid off. That means $815 a month. It feels like, eh, well, if their payments, what do you say? $400 a month is what he said. If they pay off one of those cars, now they've got $200 extra a month. So now $815 feels like $615. And of course, uh, the other thing that they talked about was valuating the assumable solar panels as part of the monthly debt. That was a big thing. If you're looking at a house with solar panels, you have to figure out, okay, are these assumable or are we paying these outright? Now, if you get to a point where you're looking to buy a house and you want to go back and find the episode where I explained to you assumable solar panels and the monthly payment you pay versus buying them outright, there isn't one and there won't be one because by the time you get to that point, you should be working with your unicorn team. Your unicorn realtor and lender should be able to explain the difference of every single home that you're thinking about putting an offer on and show you all the financials ins and outs. I messed up the plural there. Financial ins and outs. Keep it in, boys. All right. This takes expertise in unicorn help, planning, how to create, how to understand the new payment, and most importantly, how it's going to affect you. And it will take you understanding this very important point. 500 more, 1,000 more, even 1,500 more a month. If that's the difference between your rent and your mortgage. Yes, of course, that's more today. But it is inevitable that your rent that you already pay right now is going to be more as you move forward. And your new, more expensive, fixed number that you're freaking out about because it's $500,000, $1,500 more, your rent's going to catch up to that before you know it. It will not be more expensive than your rent for 30 years. In fact, in five, seven years, the new fixed payment that you're paying on a property, you're going to be looking at as a bargain compared to wherever rents are going to be in five to seven years. Not to mention, we're going to talk about hack number three, which is a great hack that helps to explain that that $815 a month more, it has a very good chance based on historical data that that $815 more could get a lot lower. I mean, I'm talking you're paying a lot less for 29 or 28 years with a refinance to lower rates that'll be coming sometime soon. Okay, hack number three. We talked about it a lot. For those of you listening to this in 2023, we dropped this June 2023 or 2024, if you're listening then. If rates are still at 6%, here's what Jacob figured out. If you're sitting there waiting for rates to come down, that's a financial plan based on speculation. Based on the fact that when the rates come down, you're speculating that you think prices are going to be the same or lower. Therefore, when you get the lower rate, then you're going to be able to buy the same place for a lower monthly price. Okay? So you hear that? Do you understand? If you're waiting for rates to lower, prices can't go up at all. If you're doing apples to apples, you need to be looking at the same or lower. You are going to be able to take a little bit of an increase based on if the rates dropped today. But in general, if you're waiting for the rates to go down if prices go up significantly, that wipes out that savings. So I can tell you right now, here's what's happening. The demand is still crazy up today, even with the rates in the mid six, sometimes getting to 7% range. And today in June of 2023, there are multiple offers with those high rates on every single home. And why are there multiple offers on every single home? And why is the demand high, but there's multiple offers? Say it with me now, everybody. Ready? <gasps> Low inventory. So since I've told you that low inventory is not going to be solved anytime soon, what happens next year when the rates go down and now more people can afford to start looking at buying a home? Yep. More buyers into the marketplace and the same amount of 
homes will be for sale. The experts are predicting that the politicians are going to need to do everything in their power to keep fighting and lowering inflation, which means that's going to eventually lead to lower mortgage interest rates when we get inflation in check. And they think that next year we're potentially seeing a rate drop of a point, maybe two. And when that happens, I know you're going to be excited, but you know who else is? Everybody else out there who's doing the same thing as you, but they're not listening to the podcast. They're not smart. They don't understand that more competition that comes out when the, the interest rates drop, that means more bidding wars and that equals higher prices. So Jacob and his wife, they made the right call. They decided to eat the interest rate today. Get into that 30-year fixed payment today on a home that they anticipate going up in value next year. And as always, I can't guarantee the home's going to go up and that the rates are going to go down next year and you can refinance. All I can tell you is that I'm a complete and total real estate nerd and I study this stuff. I mean, I research the hell out of this 24-7. I'm super exciting. And then I just regurgitate it all back to you. This is what the people far smarter than me are saying. It's not going to be as sexy as buying at 3%. So I'm telling you right now, people are anticipating bidding wars when rates go down and prices are going to then go up and then you're going to be break even, if not worse than if you got into it right now. Next year, according to the pros, we could see increases again. So perhaps eating the rate now with a chance to refinance later is a solid plan so you can lock in a good price today. And the last hack that we got from Jacob and his wife, hack number four, this one goes to the quality of life, man. How much is it worth to you to be able to do whatever you want in the space that you live? Yours. You don't ever have to feel trapped in someone else's space. Hell, you may even discover that you love mowing the lawn like Jacob. <laughs> now, you know, I started this labor of love uh, as I was getting ready to head into my retirement because I wanted to help people see that a home from just the fiscal viewpoint, that in a fixed monthly payment, while gaining equity over time, that home can be the base of your financial stability, the bedrock, the foundation of your pyramid of fun. Now, lots of people out there, they were just not selling it the way I was. They were selling the American or the Canadian dream, that dream of home ownership. And they were relying on the positive psychological impact of owning a home and how much it helped people with their self worth. That has been the real estate playbook for decades. So I spent pretty much the last 17 years ignoring the emotional impact because I wanted to make sure that you guys knew I was being real, real, you know, that I was giving you the straight dope, the honest truth, because in uh, getting my career together, working in Southern Cali, uh, helping all the first time home buyers, it was a freaking economic impossibility until I learned the unicorn trip tricks that ended up making it possible. Unicorn tricks take the impossible and make it possible. As a result, I focused so hard on trying to make my legacy. I wanted to make it be about the fact that I was revealing all these insider financial tips, all the tricks that you need on how to beat a rigged system that is absolutely and totally working against you. I wanted to break down the economics of renting versus owning and how you could get ahead in a game that feels like you're always behind. Well, then I go for this interview and Jacob helped to remind me. See, if I just heard the information straight up, I would have thought that $815 more a month is a great deal because you're getting more square footage. You got a yard, you can dump the storage unit payment, and uh, you're going to be able to start building equity and have a forced savings account. All that stuff is happening, you know, uh, and all that is the big financial picture of everything. And then, of course, I'm going to tie a bow on it with, oh, and by the way, your rents are going to go up anyway. So lock into that fixed rate. That's been my argument all along. I've been like, hey, if you don't agree with all this, cool. But I'm pretty sure that for most of you, what I just described being able to get more square footage, a yard, dump the storage unit, start building equity and avoiding the inevitable rent hikes. Financially, this just makes sense if you're renting for 15, 200, 2,500 or more. Well, Jacob reminded me 
the pure joy of mowing his own damn lawn was worth 815 bucks a month more to him. He reminded me that being a tenant has physical and emotional trapped feelings. <laughs> Whether you're in a small space that you feel physically trapped in or you're in a space that just doesn't feel like it's yours. You can't alter it. You can't change it. You can't make it your own. Being able to make what felt impossible possible was the stuff of dreams for Jacob and his wife, not just financially, but it was really good to be reminded about the dreamy part of the dreams. Now I'm going to go back to Jacob's first entry to me, December 2nd, 2022. He said, quote, I don't think I have access to all the tools I need to be successful with a first time home buying purchase. Would you be willing to help us obtain the right information to be successful? Unquote. Why, yes. Yes, I would, Jacob. And four months later, they had the keys and the impossible became a reality. Damn, I love this. You know, when I told people that I wanted to, you know, finish out my career, just educating, just telling people how to do this and then matchmaking them with the right people that could show them how to do it in their area. People told me I was a moron, that it was stupid, that it was definitely not profitable, and it was for sure going to be a waste of my knowledge. They actually kind of said, you know what? It's impossible to do that and make a difference and have an impact. Well, did I mention that I believe in unicorns? So don't tell me and don't tell Jacob or his wife what's possible and what isn't. Screw the haters. You can do this.